It's only entertainment. Welcome back to the Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. With us here is Charles Pipham. He is with Canjet Insurance Services. Charles, thanks again for being with us at the Talking Hedge. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Canjet, what is it? Canjet is the largest single medical underwriting facility for cannabis, CBD, and hemp in North America. We underpin and entertain risks across the U.S. for any type of operator who has licensed operations in the U.S. state or any type of business with any insurance. Okay. First thing that pops in my mind is crop loss insurance. Is that a thing yet? It is a real thing. Most of it's reserved for indoor growers where they can control the environment and the carriers we represent have come up with risk factors that go into that. But realistically, it's out there. It's just a matter of what as a buyer are you willing to self-insure? Are you willing to make the insurance transaction purchase for? But it's out there. And how does that work? Because uh, there's different qualities, right? So is there an actuary table or something that, that talks about the, the location or the growth or the experience? How does that final price come about if there's a loss to the crop? How does the payout calculate? Yeah, it really depends on what insurance uh, buyer has chosen. We either put a PCB, RCB, or a state of value standpoint. Basically, if you pay for $50 in plant, it's our loss, you can go that way as one option, or based on replacement cost of conditions up to the limit that is purchased in policy. So, on top of that, we've been doing it for more than 10 years, and we've been able to secure our pricing and be beneficial not only for long term success for the operators, but also for the carriers and agents that we've been What's the easiest to underwrite? The production, the manufacturing, or the retail? It really depends on where you're focused on. Uh, for a lot of our teams, that's what it's across the board. Retail is a lot of the cut and buy approach. Hopefully, uh, a retail store to find comparable examples in the non-business industries for those scenarios. But we also do manufacturing, distribution, extraction, all the different classes as well. In addition to the way we operate, we cover all types of resistance. Okay. Does it vary from region if you're more experienced on the West Coast? Does that have a discount by comparison to a new emerging market like New York? It certainly does. We look at the experience of the operators are also tracked up in the market. So more of a future West Coast-based business that has years of history that's performed well, may get better pricing than we venture that we don't have a track that we're experienced or trusted as of yet. But over time, just like you wouldn't run your own insurance, it should go down to performance. How do you how do you initiate like a new class of insurance? So cannabis cafes and, and lounges are going to be in vain. I would imagine the insurance world is not too keen on torches for dabbing. So when you have a new uh, hospitality license, how do you go in and sort of set the parameters around that and what's allowed and what's not? Yeah, it really depends on what the regulations allow for those operators to do. So if it's a waking day or some sort of bed and breakfast where there's a cannabis consumption. That's a little different exposure from the general liability of property or fire standpoint than a cannabis cafe where you come in, purchase, consume, and leave right away. So we look at some of the really kind of demand needs and what the buyers are looking for to comply with the license or regulations allow, but also what we do to our carriers comfortable with when we're setting up solutions for Okay. There's a lot of talk about Biden rescheduling, and so that, uh, you know, you got to talk about regulatory risk and, and all of those other factors. When we go into the Wayback Machine and we look at the poll, the coal memo, and it was poll, how did that impact your business? You know, it did to some degree from an office and an outside looking standpoint. A real business insurance is state regulated. The fact that we can still find those businesses and insure those businesses for the members of the institution, it didn't have that big of an effect, except getting more people excited about the opportunity for cannabis to be a business venture for their companies. Okay. 
the mood? Where's the sentiment at? I'm, I'm, the only thing that's changed between then and now is time. And we have a lot more insurers coming in. Not all of them have come back, from my understanding, but a lot of them have. What's changed? Yeah, the new things that we're really looking at is addressing what the evolution of the cannabis is from the industry standpoint. Oh, yeah. So looking at what those look like, where here's the buyer who are comfortable and the landlords who are supplying the needs from the businesses are really comfortable. That's really where the next mix is. And then the evolution of how consumption uh, moving to uh, instead of the alcohol beverage or canned beverage or something of that nature, that's the next step in what we're looking for and making sure that the insurance industry is responding to the ever-needed changes of the cannabis industry itself. Common theme, bigger, better, faster, new evolved products, and being able to supply real management solutions that help them manage their risk accordingly. That's part of our bread and butter. What about cheap? Uh, Lloyds of London was in the game in the very beginning, uh, or, or you know, like, you know when way back when. Yeah, when yes. no one else was doing right. it and it was not cheap. It has it become affordable? Has it become um, normalized where there's a lot of options or where are we at in, in that terms now when before it was just a few selected individuals? Yeah, it's certainly getting better. We're actually just doing some major rate increases and not only reward our trading partners for what they've done and helping have a great experience on a law standpoint, but also making sure that we can help supply what the insurance industry can to the field's industry that they're currently right now we're going with certain operators. We want to make sure that we can develop solutions that still fit within their parameters of their financial spend, but also still deliver real coverage versus a standard policy because the new is really good to do. Where are some of the um, the risks? Are we still looking at CO two, you know, explosions? And is, is that a premium, or what are the, the premiums or, or risks that you underwrite that you look at? Yeah, and we look at everything from seed to sale across every legalized state. The biggest ones that are concerned, obviously extraction, and a lot of the ones that are more in the uh, say the rural areas that don't have the same experience for controls in place to manage the ongoing CO two, methane, ethanol. Those types of areas are certainly highly Combustible and much more challenging for us to insure and underwrite, but we still have price points and tiers that work for every type of well, What makes you take a look at somebody cross eyed and just say, nah, we're not going to renew that policy? So, not, not something that just immediately declined, but something that's been approved, you'd go back and you look at it and be like, not today, buddy. You know, a lot of it really has to do about the inspection that takes place when you underwrite new business. And when we go out and take a look at the physical property, does it match with what we saw in the application? And does it match with what we said we were going to be underwriting and pricing it for? A lot of times you get answers to all the paper and you go out and it's very different, right? So making sure that when we look at that, and if we're past the period where we can't non-renew it from the get-go, we'll entertain it for the year and we'll notice a period for what what you said isn't really what we had a risk appetite for, and we'll find a solution. But luckily, with this industry being so heavily regulated, we don't find those any surprises. Okay. How is it behind the scenes? Do you know or have you heard of like lobbyists sort of pushing, the, the, the insurance lobbyists pushing for more regulation and more opportunities? Or are they kind of just sitting back and waiting for it to happen organically? I think there's probably lobbying efforts for cannabis industries as a whole, insurance and what we do at Canada and also be a part of that overall beneficiary angle. Um, seeing it be a positive at a level is kind of step one towards seeing more interest to what you asked about earlier. Uh, the people saying we're ready to get off the sidelines and participate in these are capital dollars to support this growing industry. But realistically, no, we're not out there lobbying. There's a lot of advocacy already out there that's going to grow up in the lobbying pipe floats, all those mentality. We've seen an opportunity for that for insurance to continue to blossom with the 
additional legislation. What would help the industry more? Would it be descheduling federal legalization of banking act? Uh, is there any regulatory issues that uh, you, you in the industry are get your fingers crossed for? You know, any of those uh, legislative bills that pass would be a beneficial upside to the operators who are struggling with things that would not exist. We wouldn't have to worry about whether it's tax or income or reform dollars. We're excited to see the progress happen and be a part of that overall solution to help these companies. We don't have a single one that we are keeping our, our finger on the pulse for and hoping for. But any sort of positive momentum that benefits the operators, I think we're going to like that's the solution. industry. Okay. Well, that's interesting, though, because at the same time, you're basically saying, no, it's not really going to impact insurance, meaning you guys are already operating uh, at a capacity that's basically on par with any other industry. It also really has some impact to insurance in terms of who's willing to be able to jump and help support the additional growth and market property values and the overall needs of the industry as a whole. What we do as a world, we're very comfortable with planning our large space where we have those operators on the top of the MSOs who have risk across the entire nation and looking to go internationally. That would be an area where if the federal policy took it off and more insurance companies on a global basis would be okay. I think we could see more you know, broader global commerce to help out the industry. That would be one of the Is that something that you're able to do now, like a, an out of state or out of country umbrella? Could you, can you manage? multiple states or do you have to duplicate processes like, like an MSO does? Can you, are you able to throw them all under one roof and can you go international? We, we do. So we have two subdivisions right now. Two subdivisions are U.S. We have export and operations. We're looking to go with one global basis at the end of 2023. Right now in the U.S. we have a license and operator for every one of our products. We have a single policy that has all their needs so we're not having to duplicate any assets for managing U.S. dollars. California, Arizona, one policy, obviously property, GL, products, auto, EO, all those angles we can handle that now. Same thing for Random question, I don't know if you can answer, but is does that put the, the uh, operator at risk by connecting each entity out of state when they're supposed to be individual facets? Does, is that a risk to them? Do you know? I would say it's not a risk to them. It's also like the one where individual state legislation says they have to do keep the races. Most of these now are not common city entities that are how does it work for limo um, and cafes? You have clean air indoor active employees. Is that an insurance issue for you know smoking in a in a, a a limo with a driver or in a cafe or a lounge? And is that is that something you deal with? It's not really an insurance transaction issue there as of now, but as the industry continues to evolve, I'm sure we'll find new ventures that have these areas all that we find creative solutions for. Yeah, no doubt. There's going to be a lot uh, coming up. Are you getting a lot of calls from uh, the, the, uh, Missouri and uh, Maryland? I was going to say Massachusetts again. Yeah. Another new state. Uh, yeah. I've seen it all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We all have been writing for uh, Maryland and Missouri as well. There's some tax regulations. We're already in 
Ohio State, like I said, I didn't Ohio State, we have the Cousins already, so we're happy to help those guys to do this. other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, Come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.